old friend. He's now with On3, a columnist for uh, covering SMU, which happens to be his alma mater. And uh, I bet that is a little different feeling, uh, Kevin, after all these years of uh, covering Baylor, which was not your alma mater, to covering right. some athletics, you know, with uh, with a team that you love and want to win and all that kind of stuff. It, 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 it is kind of an interesting deal, but... Uh, I know how you are. You're a pure journalist, so you'll dig in there and write the story no matter what. Now, Kevin, you are in the car. I was going to tell our people because they can probably tell you're driving somewhere, so be careful. You Feel free if you need yes, to put us on hands-free. But you're making your way out to see to Midlothian, and you are the voice of the Alito Bearcats, which, by the way, is the – is is one of the greatest programs in the history of Texas high school football. I mean, you can make an argument that, I mean, they're every bit up there with like Salina and Brownwood and some of these unbelievable teams from the past. So, uh, t- uh, and by the way, Kevin, breaking news is Alito barely, just by, uh, I guess, a couple of kids, is going to stay in Class 5A. Um, I would imagine that's uh, good news for the Bearcats, although they probably could have done some damage at the next level, too. Well, okay, so two points. Uh, They're going for the 12-state championship. They already have the Texas record with 11, so they're going for 12. Uh, Carthage and I think Katie are next on the list with nine. Uh, And, yeah, you're right. In regards to the uh, cutoff numbers that were announced, they turned in 2267. The cutoff number that came out today was 2275. So they just missed uh, going in there. And uh, we were speculating about this number that it was going to be close for them about they were either going to be one of the largest, if not the largest, 5A school in the state of Texas for the next realignment, or they were going to be the smallest of all the 6A schools when it came out. So I think this helps them quite a bit. Now, this sort of dropped down, too, so they're going to probably run into them if you know they keep the program doing with what they're doing. But I think from their standpoint that – with this area growing like it is, the next time, you know, they're going to go 6A the next time that they realign in two years, Matt. So at least they will be well beyond the number rather than cutting it close. And so they'll have a better draw to at least hopefully compete their, I should say, keep their competitive edge going at the 6A level. All right. And, uh, and then I've been kind of monitoring, like, what's going to happen in Central Texas uh, with all that as well. That's going to be a great matchup tonight in Midlothian. I cannot believe the 40 Jackrabbits. I mean, that's so funny. That's a team that was a rival of my high school, the Kaufman Lions, and 40 has continued to grow, and 40 is sprinting toward Class 6A. In fact, I think their numbers came in, and they will be going up to 6A. So uh, that'll be, a, that'll be a, uh, a great game. I wanted to get your take on Baylor hiring this SMU running backs coach away. I, I, I find that to be a big time hire for the Bears. I don't know what the Mustangs think about that, but like you could argue, I mean, SMU certainly is, they've got the money, they've got NIL, they pay, they paid their way into the ACC, and it's a much safer job right now than coming to Baylor. I mean, I you know, with Dave Aranda almost getting fired, 
Um, Rhett Lashley just so this one is interesting to me. I would have to think Baylor had to go above market rate, had to pay him quite a bit. But um, first of all, Keenan is his name. I think it's K H E N O N. Keenan Hall. What do you what do you know about him? And like what? How big a loss is this for? SMU to me this is a especially with recruiting it seems like he had a, a role in bringing some really talented runners into uh, uh, into SMU. Okay, well first of all it hurts no question about that because you know uh, Rhett Lashley got him out of uh, Texas Southern out of the Houston area brought him up to the staff a couple of years ago and Keenan's done a good job for them uh, now. What SMU currently has in its backfield are guys that Keenan didn't necessarily was responsible for because they were all transfers. Galen Knighton from uh, Miami, L.J. Johnson from Texas A&M, Kamar Wheaton from Alabama. Of course, those guys were the primary ball carriers for the Mustangs this year. Now, Keenan did a good job with them in terms of just rotating them through, keeping them fresh, that sort of thing. And they were a primary reason. Now, L.J. didn't get many carries last week against Tulane. But Knighton did, and so did Kamar, and they were the prime, They were one of the big reasons why SMU was able to win that game in New Orleans last week to win the conference championship. As a recruiter, I think Keenan uh, has done a good job. He helped uh, the Mustangs flip a kid out of Tyler, uh, Derek McCall, who was originally committed to UCLA, and he's had an impact with them in keeping those strong roots at Dallas that SMU has really much repaired, resurrected, whatever word you want to use in terms of the uh, relationship between SMU and Dallas as a whole, but more importantly, South Dallas, DeSoto, Duncanville, that sort of thing. Now, I think in Baylor's case, uh, with him getting the associate uh, head coaching title tacked onto him, yeah, I think yeah. they absolutely overpaid for him. And, and Brett Lashley couldn't do that because he already had his associate head coaching titles dispersed to other coaches, Rob Likens being one of them, and Garrett Justice Rob Likens is the wide receivers coach. Garrett Justice is the offensive line coach. They really couldn't do much about that. But uh, I think from the standpoint of what he's going to bring to them, and this is the same title, correct me if I'm wrong here, Matt, this is the same title that A.J. Seward had when he came from Oregon State to take over at Baylor last year to take over the running back's job. And so is it a risk? Yeah, it sure is for Hall because he's walking into a situation where you know, Dave's in a position, as we all know, that. Let's not kid ourselves. He's kind of throwing a Hail Mary by bringing Jake Spavital in, by Keenan in, saying, you got to win, and you probably have to have a winning season in 2024 or you're done. And so he, everybody understands this. And I think the other thing is that I think Baylor had started to get knocked frozen out of South Dallas County, or at least its presence in South Dallas County or Dallas County in general was becoming a problem out there or up there for them. And I think with Keenan's connections, I think they're hoping probably that they can reestablish that and get things, you know, firmly planted. Now, will that matter over a year if Dave has a bad year and he gets let go? I don't know, because I would think that there would be sweeping changes if that happens. Now, if Dave salvages his career next year and stays, then maybe you kind of help your footprint. So there's a delicate line that Keenan has to walk here, but I think from Baylor's standpoint, they have nothing to lose here based on the fact that they know that they kind of have a year to get this thing solved or everybody's leaving. Yeah, I like that this guy was from Sock. I don't know how you get locked out of Dallas County. I mean, that's 
I mean, I, I that's crazy. Like you can't you can't get locked out of Houston, you can't get locked out of Dallas, and you can't get locked out of oh. East Texas. But I mean, if you get in trouble, but Matt, but, but Matt, but Matt, basically, let's look at it this way: when I left, you know, when I left Sikkim Sports on on June thirtieth, Baylor's movement and penetration in South Dallas County was not where it had been, where I'd recognized it. Remember, they had just lost Brendan Booker, the linebacker from Desoto to Stanford. And now Booker, uh, I, you know, Booker's now committed to SMU. I don't know if he would flip back to Baylor or not. That's another story. But Baylor has to do. But Baylor's efforts in that part of Dallas County, from my perspective, at the time I left, which is what five months ago, was 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 not that great. And they've got to get that going again because they were doing very well there for several years up until the last couple. <sighs> Well, we have to monitor that. Baylor's got some freshmen they're holding on to, and uh, that's the group, Kevin, that that Dave hung his hat on and said, I can yeah. keep this group together, and you know who I'm talking about, DJ, Caden right. Jenkins, you know, um, right. uh, our, our man uh, our, uh, Williams. I mean, these are these right. are the people he said – I can hold this freshman group together, and uh, and and we'll see. What would you make of the uh, Spavital hire? We have not talked since then. You remember it, Texas right. A&M did a nice job at Cal. Certainly, it's going to be a different-looking offense. Uh, this is air raid uh, we're talking about. What did you uh, What did you make of that hire, and do you think it was a smart hire? I think it was a good hire for them. They really needed to change the looks of their offense. I know, obviously, under Jeff Grimes, they wanted to be physical with their running game, but they just weren't that way. And, I mean, obviously, Matt, with what uh, Jake has done in his time as an offensive coordinator between A&M, West Virginia, Cal, that sort of thing. And look, he, was, he played a pivotal role because, look, Cal's program was pretty bad. Uh, over the last couple of years. And I think the, the Golden Bears just became bowl eligible when they won their finale at UCLA, which was kind of a big move on their part. Um, you know, and I don't even want to look at, and no one from Baylor should look at what Spavadal's four-year tenure as the head coach at Texas State was. That was just, you know, it just didn't work for him as a head coach down there, unfortunately. But I think with, but with Jake, he, has, he, is a, he does a really good job of developing quarterbacks, uh, I've seen some tweets about how you know guys like Geno Smith really flourished under him, that sort of thing. Maybe he caught too much of the whole mess with Kyler Murray and Allen, you know, at Texas A&M back in the mid-teens when all that went down, which probably wasn't, you know, he was kind of like the guy who had a fall on his sword there. But I think that Jake's the kind of he's only what thirty-eight, Matt, and so yeah, he's got a lot. He's of our age. He's got a lot yeah. of coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly our age. Yeah, minus a few. Um, but anyway. Uh, but, you know, it, he's a guy that's inventive. He knows how to communicate. He knows how to teach, that sort of thing. And I, I think that he can, based on the other candidates that I had heard that were possibly in play for that job, I think it's the best for that Baylor it, it could have come up with. Now, can he work with Sawyer Robertson if Sawyer's going to be the starting quarterback for Baylor this coming uh, year? I don't know. It, it's going to be a matter of that. I, and I'm sure, Matt, they've got to go into the portal to get a second one because – you know, what they have, I had, they had a bunch of walk-ons on that team this year, and, of course, they got the quarterback commit out of California, the legacy kid, in this year's class who's not going to be ready and is not going to be a part of, you know, what they want to do. So this is pretty much going to be Sawyer's team uh, along with whoever they probably are able to get out of the portal to join him. 
Yeah, I mean, I if I were Preston Stone and his family, I would be thinking about headed to Waco after watching the the young man from Sock. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of time. You know, that, that's been a hot topic of discussion on our site on the Pony Express about you know Kevin Jennings the backup and whether or not he would jump into the portal because Preston had won the job, and of course Preston unfortunately breaks the lower bone in his left leg or right leg, rather, I think it was, in the uh, regular season finale against Navy. And, and Preston was having a real good year. In fact, I, w- I made a comment on one of my columns that I thought that, that Preston had really turned a corner as a leader the way they won their game at Memphis. Um, and, and, of course, the hot start he had at Navy that he just looked like a different quarterback. And Rhett Lashley's always talked about the fact that he felt like they have two starters on this team between Preston and Kevin Jennings. And remember, Jennings was a kid that no one was even looking at until Rhett was hired, and then he brought Kevin on board. Um, and Kevin's been – and, and the one thing about Kevin is that he's very unflappable, and the fact that he overcame some early turnovers down in New Orleans, including the first play of the game, and they still won the game, kind of tells you what that kid's all about in terms of his moxie and makeup. You know, I, and then when it comes to the discussion of whether or not one of those guys would ever hit the portal – I don't see it with Jennings. I mean, you know, and I think what I think will be interesting because remember, you got another portal window that would open up if nothing happens in this portal period, but you got another one that happens in May. But I would venture to say that we might have more of a quarterback competition in spring ball at SMU than maybe what we had going into the 2023 season based on what Jennings did against New Orleans and probably what they're going to have him get ready to what they want him to do against Boston College and the Fenway Bowl on December 28th. All right, I hope you'll go to uh, Fenway. That's that's a you know you're a big baseball guy. Uh, yeah. You'll you'll enjoy that. And um, um, let's. Uh, I I heard your name come up with baseball recently. Oh, it's something Todd Wills wrote. Yes, why, I saw. Why that. don't you Why don't you ask Todd to clear using your name in a story? I I'm now worried I'm going to show up in some stories because Todd and I are longtime friends as well. But uh, interesting, the guy he wrote about, you know, I just choose not to talk about or write about or say anything under the guise of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So whatever. I that yep. guy that would I, make I've two wait- of us. Matt, that would make two of us. Yeah, so. I've wasted enough time thinking about him. Uh but uh hey congrats on SMU uh AAC. I mean what a way to go out. I mean everybody's saying, yeah. well how are they gonna do in the ACC? But to go out and beat a really good two lane team in their stadium, uh congratulations, yeah. uh you being a Mustangs alum, and and uh, I, I would I would think the fan base has to be ecstatic right now about the direction of the program and 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 everything uh, the way it's headed. Although they're entering a place of of unrest, right? Because Florida State yeah. is very very mad, and understandably so. And so right. we don't exactly know what the ACC will look like a couple of years from now. But SMU's betting on hey. It's still whatever it looks like. It's still where we need to be um, to to think, have a seat yeah, at I the think, table. Yeah, and to your point, Matt, I think this game against Boston College, who will be a future opponent of theirs in the conference. In fact, they're playing Boston College next year. I think it's in hell. You know, I I think there's some pressure on SMU to win this game because you want to show you're going to have a lot of eyes on you from the conference, your new conference mates. 
watching you to see, all right, is what is this program all about? Are they going to be ready to step up? Now, BC is not didn't have a great year, six and six, three and five in the league. They actually played Florida State really well up in Chestnut Hill uh, in September. They just made some bad mistakes at the end that cost them a chance to pull it off the upset. But you know, I think if you're SMU and if you walk into that game, you know you beat Boston College, which you're favored by eight and a half. I think last last I saw in that game. And if you are able to somehow pull off a six and six debut season in 2024, get to a bowl game. That's about as good as a transition you could hope for. And, of course, with what the resources they feel like they've got with their NIL, you know, their, their well-organized NIL uh, programs, they've got two really good collectives going there. And they feel like they've made a lot, of, a lot of recruiting momentum, too, of course, because of this move and how kids look at them now differently. I think they feel like they can make that transition to the ACC, not seamlessly, but I think they feel like yeah. they can be competitive fairly sooner than what you would see than what maybe what Cincinnati went through this year with the Big 12. Yep, but Keenan has left, and he's brought his luggage with him, and it's Louie, sir. And so I cannot wait for signing day when we get some of these SMU commits down to Waco, Texas. <laughs> Kevin, um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing this. <laughs> have a uh, have a great have a great call and tell uh, my buddies the the Haneys tell the Haneys hello out there. I've I've been texting with uh, Hoss's dad this afternoon. So good luck to the Bearcats. Sounds good, Matt. Always good to catch up with you. And if we don't talk again, have a great holiday season. Okay. You you do the same. You do the same. Kevin Longquist. There he is. He was on speaker as he was making his way out. He's become a really good play-by-play guy. You normally don't see grizzled journalist like turn into I mean we could you can end up on the radio like I did, but they they we don't really make good play-by-play people cuz we're not focused and we're kind of all over the place. But Kevin is uh has done really good really nice job he's good at play-by-play so uh good to have him on and you can listen to alito on uh, i think it's like hank fm 92.1 and uh man we're excited we've got mart and chilton whoa i mean you talk about i mean it's just it's right there in our own backyard i mean this is this is going to be a lot of fun and uh, we have that coming up Uh, We do have next, though, Campus Confidential. That is next. Nikki Collin. 